0: Upper Room Discourse, where we dissect the meaning of Christian music and the history of Scripture. I'm
1: Felipe Marin. And I'm Dakota Childress. What will we discuss this week? Keep listening to find out.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Upper Room Discourse. My name is Felipe Marin. I'm Dakota. And uh, today we're joined with a special guest.
2: Alyssa Anderson. Thank yeah. you
0: for being here. Yep.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: We appreciate it a lot. So yeah. uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say you might even say we are thankful.
1: That's oh, yes, thankful. Or grateful. Or which grateful. Which is you know, part of gratitude, our theme this week.
0: Yeah, so what we're going to be looking at this week uh we just kind of figured something to get us in a Thanksgiving mood, uh, seeing as this episode is going to be coming out right around Thanksgiving.
1: Thanksgiving Day. On YouTube, at least. Yeah. And it was like Thanksgiving the, week, uh, you know. It comes out on Monday. As far as like the podcast, you know. <laughs> but YouTube is coming out on Thursday, so.
0: Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be looking at gratitude. Uh, I guess also the song gratitude, but that's kind of our theme for today. Uh
1: so let me ask you guys what is gratitude let's see you want to start us off
2: you got it dakota
1: okay um i mean simply put uh it's thanksgiving um you know being thankful uh being grateful and in some cases gracious
0: mm. uh, so i put down that gratitude goes deeper than thanksgiving uh, it's more about an attitude uh, more about the quality of thanksgiving and uh, what I wrote down is gratitude is to thanksgiving what joy is to happiness. You know, it's not just an emotion, but it kind of runs deeper than that, you know, yeah. not based on circumstance.
1: Right. Um, and that's kind of how the, at least merriam Webster mm-hmm. and, um, you know, translations.
0: How they define the word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I pulled up a verse I could do every week uh, just to kind of get us uh, kind of into this theme. Uh, but I brought up First Thessalonians 5:18. It says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." Uh, and I really love having that in there, you know, specifically because it says, "In all circumstances." You know, I really think that captures what gratitude is. you know it's not based off the situation. you know it's at all times you have that Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same as joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't just have joy. In the good times, but mm-hmm. you have joy in the worst of times, too. Yeah. I think that's what makes it even more um, unique, special.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, so let's go ahead. We're going to jump in uh, kind of talking about the song. Uh, well, we're looking at gratitude. Uh, so any of you guys have any thoughts before we jump in?
1: Not too many. Uh, just know it's by Brandon Lake. Alyssa? Do you have any?
2: Uh, No.
1: Okay. Uh, so before we jump in, I do
0: want to talk about how I love the concept of this song. I love the lyrics of this song, but I really do not like the execution of it, uh, which we'll kind of get into that as we go into the review. Uh, but most of that reasoning is because I think it's a very controlling song of people's emotions and of people's worship when they use it in that way, Yeah, you know, as, as many contemporary songs are. Uh, so as Dakota said, it's written by Brandon Lake. It's actually also written by two other people. Uh, it's written also by Benjamin Hastings and Dante Bo.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so for uh, this is for the listeners at home. So Brandon Lake, he's a worship pastor in South Carolina, and he's actually part of the Maverick City Worship Collective, uh, but he also has previously signed with Bethel Music record label. Uh, and his latest album that just came out was actually with Provident Entertainment. Just kind of like a little bit of a picture of who Brandon Lake is. Uh, So Gratitude, it was released on August 28th, 2020. It was the seventh track on his second studio album, House of Miracles. And uh, I believe a couple months later, or I don't know if it was a couple months, but it was actually released as a single post the album coming out. So just a little bit of stats. Uh, The song was number one on Billboard Hot Christian Songs for 15 weeks. That was this year, which is pretty impressive. What did it rank? No, it was number one. Oh, number one. It was number one for 15 weeks. Oh, You said that. That was, uh, I believe, back in January of this year is when it hit number one. Wow. And uh, this year at the Dove Awards, uh, it didn't win Song of the Year, but it was nominated for Song of the Year. And uh, we're actually going to be looking at the Song of the Year next week. The
1: real Song of the Year?
0: Yeah. Uh, goodness of God. It won oh. Song of the Year. That okay. and we'll be looking at that next week. Uh, but it did win... Recorded song of the year, the radio version of this song, right? And it's uh, impressive. It is, uh, especially considering Brandon Lake won Artist of the Year. Good for him! Yeah. So I know that's a lot. It's just kind of some stats, just some information about the song itself and the production and all that. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the review. So it's a standard model, you know what I like to call like the pop model. It's got three verses, a chorus, and a bridge. And uh, the order of lyrics is very simple. Verse one, verse two, chorus, verse three, chorus, bridge three times. Uh, Then there's a little bit of a tag that goes on for a little while. And then there's a final chorus at the end. So I label this as a song of prayer. Uh, I also label it as a song of praise. I almost feel like there's two songs in this. There's like the first song. And then when we hit the bridge, it's almost like we jump into a second song kind of coming out of that prayer, you know, because obviously the bridge is no longer a prayer. You kind of shift out of that prayer by then.
1: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, a song, give me clean hands, give us clean hands. Mm-hmm. Very similar, um, yeah. man, there was another one I was thinking of, this happens every week, I think of <laughs> something and just can't remember it. Yeah. Um, but there's another song it reminds me of, I wish I could remember right now, but I can't. So uh, main
0: audience for this song is obviously God. It's a prayer. You know, God is the main audience. Uh, But there's a little bit of a shift because in the bridge, we kind of shift that audience to ourselves a little bit. And there's a lot of, like, personal reflection in this song as well, even though we're mostly speaking to God. So let's go ahead and move on to musicality. So uh, Alyssa, since you're new, you haven't really been around much, Uh, we kind of look at four criteria when we do our review of the song. Uh, So the first thing that we look at is musicality. Basically, the singability and the melody, looking at specifically the music of the song. Uh, So I wrote down, or I guess I didn't, I mean, it is what it is. I didn't just write it down, but uh, this song is in the key of B. So uh, for those of you that don't know, that's a little high if you're playing on guitar. That would be a capo four.
1: A little high. Yeah. That's like, who was it, Matthew West we did a few weeks ago, or?
0: Yeah, or Phil Wickham. Phil Wickham. Yeah, Phil Wickham tends to sing a little high too. Uh but Phil Wickham doesn't usually capo, I don't think. He just kind of bar chords it
1: all the, all around the guitar. Yeah, but they both B is pretty high, I think they both sing in that though. So. Yeah,
0: when you do it on guitar, I think for sure, is a little bit of a high key in this case. Uh the other thing is this song is in six eight. And not just six eight, but it's slow. Which yeah. I don't know if you know anything about six eight Dakota. Listen do you i do not uh so i love six eight it's a lot of fun but slow six eight can be a little tough it's how slow as is six fun.
1: eight or this six eight uh,
0: i don't think i checked the beats per minute but i think it's like 70 somewhere around there i think it's the beats per minute other than that the melody is also complex there's a lot of drawn out notes in this song uh, and especially in that tag there's a lot of like these like i don't even know how to explain what the notes are but they're like really high, really long.
2: Well, they have a violin like drawing them out too. It's not yeah. just guitar.
0: Yeah, it kind of kicks in. Uh, I want to bring all that to say because this song is not easy to sing. It's probably on the div- more harder end. You know, I feel like Brandon Lake has the same issue as Phil Wickham in that his songs are not easy to sing because they just tend to be a little bit high, a little difficult, little complex. Just not a bad thing. It just kind of makes it harder to sing.
1: I was going to say... I don't, were you about to say something? I don't know. I feel like it's really pretty easy to sing. Um, we do sing this in youth a lot. I feel like they picked up on it pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, we usually start out singing, like, the chorus or something first, and you kind of get the gist of how the song mm-hmm. goes from there. Um, but I don't think it's difficult, as in, like, you know, the <laughs> words those, or anything. hit those notes, I mean, is. the notes. Yeah, but, I mean, you can change, like... Um, the key in which a song is sung it's true to fit your needs
0: uh the other thing is this song is hard to play at least if you're going to play it the way brandon lake does because it's done fingerpick style and you hear that in the guitar at the start where he starts off you know just again just adds to the complexity and the difficultness of it but i love the finger picking you know and i wish if when we like when we do it in the youth like we did last night you know, I almost wish we could get it with that fingerpick style because I think it really sets
1: the tone for the song. Yeah, we say last night, but <laughs> if this is coming out on Monday or Tuesday, it'd be like four days ago. Oh yeah, five days. It'd be ago. a couple
0: days ago from listening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I forget about that.
2: It's not like slow p- finger picking either. It's it's all fast.
0: So. Yeah, fast yeah. finger picking, but a slow tempo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's why if you're not good with finger picking. Um, And just stick with strumming. Yeah. It'll make it a lot easier. I mean, obviously. (laughs) But they also make it acoustic. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you go full acoustic like that, you kind of want that slower, Mm -hmm. more methodical uh, style of playing instead of, I mean, I guess you can be methodical in strumming, but picking is a little more complicated.
0: Yeah. But I like it again because it sets the tone. It really helps. You know, the song is a prayer, and it really helps cement that in when you have that kind of slow acoustic sounding kind of, sound right I put a f- I gave it a four out of five on musicality You know, I think the music is really amazing I think the only issues is that it's hard to sing to you know there's a lot of parts of the song that just make it difficult and I think for that I kind of take a little bit away so moving on we have poeticness uh Dakota do you want to explain what poeticness means to Alyssa
1: um mostly just how I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before um I hope you have but Poeticness is really just, um, you know, how the words flow, um, rhyme scheme, things of that nature. Um, you know, I think we also go in, I don't know if your poeticness is uh, involved with the grammar or not, yes. but we do go over grammar it, as well. It absolutely evol-
0: involves grammar.
1: Yeah, So we go over grammar as well.
0: Yeah. So the two things that I'm looking at when it comes to poeticness is how does the song flow and how is the grammar? And this is really just looking at the lyrics and just in a sense of how poetic are these lyrics. You know, I think the way we we describe it is like on a scale of like one to Shakespeare, basically.
1: Yeah, Shakespeare being, well, Shakespeare. Yeah. One being like, I don't know, a child, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: children can write some really good poems.
1: They can. I don't think they have the rhyme scheme of Shakespeare, though, but power to them as well.
0: I wrote down that the song has a beautiful flow, and I think the lyrics are very beautifully written. And the song is very raw, very raw, very emotional, I think. You can definitely hear it in Brandon Lake's voice when he sings it. What I really like, uh, and this is kind of talking about the flow, is that we go from confession into personal response. You know, that's how the song starts. It starts with a confession. You know, all of my words fall short, I got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end and you never do. You know, that's a confession right there. And what that leads into is now, this is my response to that confession is, you know what, I'm going to throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All that I have is a hallelujah. I love that so much. And I love the lyrics in the chorus because I think it's a beautiful picture of what hallelujah is and what it means. Uh, so I guess we can jump into what hallelujah means. Might as well jump into it now.
1: Does anybody know what hallelujah means? Usually an exclamation of praise. At least I know that's how we use it.
0: Alyssa, any thoughts on that?
2: I, I agree with Dakota.
0: Uh, so it's a Hebrew word. It's actually two Hebrew words put together. So the, we have the first word, hallel, and then the second word, yah. So the second one is easy. Yah is short for the name of God, right. the Tetragrammaton. That's kind of where that comes from. Uh, the first one, Halal or Halal, it means praise or to praise. So if we were to do like a direct translation from Hebrew to English, it would be praise God or praise the Lord. Yeah. It would be a direct translation. Uh, but And this is something I was talking about kind of with my guys in small group uh, following the youth service that we had this past Wednesday we lose a lot in that translation of hallelujah. You know, cause that word praise has a lot of meaning attached to it. That doesn't translate to the English. Uh, so what hallelujah actually means, it means to boast in God, celebrate God, or to rave in God. That's what the word actually means. And I, I think for me, a beautiful picture of what that looks like is uh, like, for example, when I was at the stadium a couple of weeks ago, watching the Panthers play, you know, when they score, what do you do? You cheer. You be cheering. Up and down. You be jumping. You be celebrating. That's a picture of what hallelujah is. We're supposed to be celebrating God, and that's kind of a picture of what it looks like. And uh, for me, that's what I really like with the chorus and how it writes it, you know, because throwing up my hands, I think, is a beautiful picture of hallelujah. I'm thinking of, like, you just – saw your team score, you're jumping up, your hands are going up in the air in celebration. That's what I think about when I think hallelujah. Yeah. (laughs) Alyssa knows what I'm talking about because I tend to celebrate a lot and often. Um, Moving on from there, uh, I think the flow into the bridge is really nice. Uh, So we don't always do this when we do the song in the youth, but there is like a good like 20, 30 second intermission or interlude following that chorus and the bridge it's called a solo most songs i listen to is a guitar solo i mean there's not really a lot of no there's not it's not really a guitar solo. i mean it's if anything it's more like the piano comes in and plays like those like heavenly sounding chords
1: yeah it's just the it's the instrumentals yeah Uh, there's a technical term for that i can't remember interlude interlude
0: (laughs) which i said did you say i did (laughs) oh my gosh No, you're good uh I love that because it helps us move from the prayer. And this is where I kind of get this idea. There's two songs here. We move out of that prayer, you know, and I love it because we understand prayer is not just a monologue. And I love that that gives us a little bit of peace and a little bit of pause to reflect and kind of think about and even hear from God back from this prayer that we've offered, which I love.
1: Yeah, it goes back to, you know, because I taught the lesson which would be this past Wednesday, once mm-hmm. again. Um, but it goes back to this idea of worship going from the inside out, mm-hmm. right? He starts, if you're wanting to see it as a prayer like that, okay, the first half of it is the prayer. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to, so I throw up my hands from there on, it becomes the physical aspect of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes that expression through the body. Uh, it starts in the soul. Well, the spirit, really. Yeah, uh, And then it works its way out through the body and through your actions.
0: And that's why I love the transition into the bridge. Because the bridge is like, no, now we're going to put this into action. You know, beforehand, you know, this is all prayer. This is all saying what I could do. You know, that's really all that chorus is. This is what I could do to show my gratitude. But then it's like, all right, no, come on, my soul, don't get shy on me, lift up your song, you have a lion inside those lungs, get up and praise the Lord. You know, and I love that flow. You know, we go from that confession into a response, like how to respond to that. And then we're like, now we're actually going to do it. And we're actually going to praise, you know, and I would say that the rest of the song is that application of now we're expressing our gratitude. You know, we have that little tag where it just says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, and it's long too. It's like I think it's like a good thirty seconds to a minute of that song where he does that, where it's just instrumentals and he just throws in the praise the Lord. You know, which I love. And then we had that final chorus where I think in that final chorus now you're actually doing this action. You're throwing up your hands in praise. You know, which I love. So I give the song a five out of five on poeticness. I definitely think it's very Shakespeare.
2: Ditto.
1: yeah i was gonna say um as far as its flow it said it earlier it goes really well Mm -hmm. um you know you go from one idea to the next and yeah it's not complicated in the text
0: no it's simple and it's raw and it's emotional i love it so uh now we move on into evocation what i like to call the vibe check you want to explain what that means dakota
1: uh, it's a little more difficult to explain. Um, honestly, I forgot what your criteria even for the vibe check is in the first place. But I guess it's I guess it's if we play we would play it or not. Um, if it's worth playing, if it's worth singing. Yeah, it's, something, it's about something feelings. along those lines. It's about, about like feelings. what yeah. feelings
0: are evoked from the song, basically. Uh, so. This is where we're going to start getting into some negative things. I know there's a lot of positive that I had before. Now there's some negative. This song has a lot of emotion. And when we use it in a worship set, it comes off as a very hyper-spiritual song. And I don't really like a lot of the feelings evoked from these hyper-spiritual songs. uh, Which I'm sure you guys can understand where I'm kind of going with that.
1: Yeah, but... I think uh, if you're talking about a song um, where it says except for a heart sing hallelujah mm-hmm. um, and then come on my soul lift up your song praise the Lord I think there should be tons of emotions coming from that Absolutely. Uh, so I don't think it should lack at all in emotions um, and I don't think it's really trying to take advantage of those I think
0: definitely not uh, I just think that it can be used like that very easily when used in like a worship set, you know, separate from like how Brandon Lake does the song and how he presents it.
2: Well, if you don't drag out all the words that he does, which Mm -hmm. nobody ever does, but... Yeah. It could still prepare your heart for the message. So maybe at the end of a worship set.
0: I would definitely agree with that. Uh, The other thing is that I feel like the feelings evoked from the song... I feel like they don't really align that well with the idea of gratitude because this isn't a song of thanksgiving, but really the song just calls you to go and praise out of gratitude, you know, which is not entirely wrong. I think that's the biggest feeling you get out of this song is that you need to go and praise and that's how you're going to show your gratitude, you know, but that's, but we're not, this isn't really a song of thanksgiving, you know, we're not really thanking God for anything in this song.
1: that's the one thing that does confuse me about this song though Mm -hmm. um i mean i get the heart behind calling it gratitude um but when you analyze the words it's Mm -hmm. like where are you saying thank you god for this yeah thank you god for that um it's just not there i mean you get the actions of being thankful Mm -hmm. like you said just not the actual words
0: Yeah, I don't think the feeling of gratitude ever comes out, or the feeling of thanksgiving really comes out of this song. It's more of like an application of this is how you show it, almost.
2: Well, his first verse says, how can I express all my gratitude? So Mm -hmm. then he expresses it.
0: Yeah, I think that's the main idea of the song, how can I express my gratitude? Maybe that's what he should have named it.
2: (laughs) It's too long. (laughs) Nobody would have
0: clicked on that.
1: It's fair. Maybe he should have just named it praise. Yeah, you
0: know what? I'd have I think I would have liked that a lot better,
1: or mm-hmm. a praise or something like that. Or I don't know, or maybe even just hallelujah. I thought about that as well. Just hallelujah,
0: you know, because the, the word gratitude appears once in the first verse, and
1: that's it. Or maybe all that I have, yeah. I think that's I think that line is said more than anything else. That seems like at least movie. when we sing it, I don't know. Like I swear we sing that <laughs> same part of the song like twenty times. Yeah, I mean I like that part of the song. Um. But I don't know. All that I have. That'd be a good song name. Yeah.
0: Uh, now, the other thing is when we have a song that's this raw and emotional, there's always going to be a question of genuinity. I don't know if that's how you say the word, oh, but of genuineness. You know, I definitely think Brandon Lake is genuine in this song, 100%. You can hear it in his voice. When you play this on a worship set, obviously that question is going to come how genuine is the person leading the song? How genuine are the people singing along to it? Which I think is just something fair. You're going to have to ask that in almost any worship song.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that. You have to ask that about any mm-hmm. any person leading any song that's being sung. Um, and that's part of worship, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and we went over this Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not truly, you know, so the Old Testament, it says, you know, mm-hmm. they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Yep. Right. So when we worship, it's one in spirit and truth, uh, but it's through the heart, through actions, through the entire being. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets expressed through whatever it is. And so if the person, I mean, you're never going to tell if a person's being genuine or not. Yeah. Um, but I think you can, for the most part, get a good idea of when a person is genuine in their worship um, and not just, you know, being like the Pharisees that Jesus calls out mm-hmm. and doing it for attention. Um, so I think it is sometimes obvious and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And I guess you just have to take each situation with careful consideration.
0: Yeah. And I want to bring that up specifically with this song because I feel like it's more, I guess there's more of a concern in this song because of how it's sung and how it's presented than in like other songs you know this is a very raw song it's a very emotional song you know and then it's like the question is like because the song is so emotional and it wants me to feel that way you know is that what's causing me to feel that way or do i genuinely have that same raw emotion or is it just the song that's bringing that out of me you kind of get the difference there i guess mm-hmm. you know is the song manipulating my feelings to feel this way or do i actually genuinely feel this way And I think in this song, that's a potential concern. Uh, The other concern, uh, which not this song has, a lot of songs do it. Again, I guess this is also about genuinity. When a song tells you how to worship, sometimes there's a struggle there. Because it's like, are you just doing it because the song is telling you to do it? Or again, is this coming from the inside and just expressing itself outward? You know, I think that's a question, especially in a song like this, that can be hyper-spiritual if you put it that way. You know, I almost want to pose the same question I posed a couple weeks ago. You know, there's definitely a difference when you play this song, when you have all the lights off and there's just some stage lights on, maybe a little bit of fog or something, I don't know. You know, when you do it that way compared to you do it with all the lights on, you know, I think there's a definite difference there in kind of the feeling of the song. Of
1: course.
2: Yeah, Uh, but you can also tell if someone's not genuine or not um cuz i mean when the lights are off on wednesdays more mm-hmm. people are praising and raising like raising their hands and everything compared to when the lights are on so like when the lights are off they for- feel more comfortable and they're not embarrassed and stuff like that so
1: i think that's a good observation um i've definitely noticed that as well um and i kind of pointed that out um wednesday you know one of the points of worshiping is not to be embarrassed mm-hmm. and so you know i guess a question i would ask back is you know why is it that um when the lights are on mm-hmm. we feel more embarrassed when we worship this way than when the lights are off is it because people can't see around them as well or what yeah. is it i mean i guess that's a question to think about if you don't want to answer it but i guess that's you know
0: no, definitely something to meditate on for yeah. sure uh, I struggle with this grading. Uh, I think I settled on a three out of five, just kind of in the middle of the road. I'm kind of in between, like, a, I guess you, I would say more of a 3.5 because I feel like it's in between. It's not really a three, but it's not really a four either. So I kind of settled with three, uh, but I think you could. So you
1: should have just said three and a half.
0: I should have said three and a half, but I don't like doing numbers like that because it, it's going to, like, throw off the final score and all that. But I definitely, I give it a three out of five. I definitely think you would be fair if you gave it a four out of five on evocation.
1: Yeah, I would I would honestly say it does a good job at evoking feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think anything should be taken away as far as, like, you know, point value-wise mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Because it does it very well, um, if that's, like, just what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think how it does it and if it's right, mm-hmm. that also does play a factor. But like I said, if we're just going based off of does it evoke feelings, uh, I think it does a very well job of that. Yes. The right feelings or the wrong feelings, um, I think both depending on how you play it. And mm-hmm. it's like Alyssa said, you know, and like you mentioned, you know, if it's in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, and we're trying to make it feel like that, or is it, you know, and i watched the music video for this earlier the acoustic music video and uh i guess you know there's still some of that same vibe there in that music video but not as when we've played it you know with all the lights off and Mm -hmm. you know everything else so i think it's just amplified i don't know what it is about the dark
2: yeah it's yeah
1: but it just amplifies those feelings i guess i have no idea uh, that's
0: We're calling spirits. That's why. Calling spirits. <laughs> that's a joke. on the Holy Spirit? No, I said spirits. Uh, there's only one. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, let's move on to the lyrics. And when I say we're going to be kind of rating the lyrics, what we're looking specifically is scripture. How scriptural are the lyrics? How much does it line up with the Bible? You know, I think my criteria I graded it on is like, is it like Bible or is it heresy? That's kind of our grading scale. This song is definitely not heresy.
1: No. I mean, <laughs> if I'll ask you, like, on a scale of one to five, I mean, we kind of, I don't know if you've been looking at the lyrics, um, but I know we've sang them before. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to five, where would you put, like, as far as heresy to straight Bible quotes? That would be, like, five. Five is straight Bible quotes. Zero or one is, like, straight heresy.
2: I mean, there's small Bible quotes, not full ones.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Where would you put it?
1: Where would I put it? Probably at like a three.
2: That's what I was going to say.
1: Three and a half at most, probably.
0: Oh, wow. I gave it a four.
1: Really? Yeah. Interesting.
0: That I, I was another one I wrestled with, but I definitely can see the four. And I guess we'll get, explain and go into why. This song has no direct scriptural reference, at least none that I could find. But I do think it lines up with what scripture says. And I definitely think there's a lot of strong connections between this song and the psalms, especially in the structure of it and in the flow Mm -hmm. of it. I think there's a lot of connections you can draw with how psalms are structured.
1: Yeah. The psalm, uh, well, the psalms are just basically Mm -hmm. songs themselves. So the connections, there are always going to be there. Yeah. And it honestly kind of reads like something David probably would have wrote. It does. and I mean, David's not the only person who wrote a psalm, Mm -hmm. uh, so let's get that straight. But it sounds like something he would have wrote. Yeah. Uh, All my words fall short. I have nothing new, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All that I have is a hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just kind of sounds like David, in my opinion.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, I definitely think, you know, it talks about outstretched arms being an act of worship. You know, that's in Scripture. The Bible talks about lifting up your arms in worship. Uh, He rightfully calls God king and Lord. You know, nothing else fit for a king. That is true, because that's who God is. I think the biggest issue that I have, and this is why I gave it a four out of five. I guess probably this could have brought it down to a three out of five. It can't be a five out of five because there's no direct scriptural reference. So that's like already out of the, off the table. I have an issue with how the word hallelujah is used in this at least in the way it's sung and presented because when we see the word hallelujah in scripture, it is always used as an exclamation or an interjection and it's always accompanied by an exclamation point. At least I don't can't think of a reference in scripture where it's not when we see the word hallelujah, unless you can
1: think of one Dakota. No, but I can't think of one off top of my head. Um, but if I'm going to speak, Mm -hmm. straight up about poetry and about um, like rhyming schemes and uh, you know making a theme through the use of words and stuff like that um, then I don't necessarily see a problem with it Um, because a lot of times like even in scripture Mm -hmm. you see words being used in a way that you wouldn't normally use them that's um true. so i don't think it's necessarily wrong that he's using hallelujah this way uh if he's doing it i'm trying to how do i really explain <laughs> this um in a sim, not really symbolic i mean that's what um, he's doing
0: you know that's why that's why i'm okay with it in the song why i don't think it should just not be in the song at all cuz it's 100% symbolic He's saying, yeah. all that I can do is give a hallelujah. That's all I can do. You know, it's not so much that he's saying hallelujah in the sense of the word. You know, He's usually more so using the idea of the word. And then obviously, if you want some examples, we see the word hallelujah multiple times in the Psalms. Uh, we namely also see it in Revelation 19. Uh, but again, from all the references I can find, every time the word hallelujah is used in Scripture, it's always like an exclamation. A perfect example would be Psalm 150.
1: Yeah. You know, Psalm it starts,
0: 150. it starts, praise the Lord. It ends, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hallelujah. That's literally what it says. It says hallelujah, then the Psalm, and then it ends and says hallelujah, hallelujah. at the end. And it's an exclamation. Yeah. Uh, so as I've said before, I gave it a four out of five. I guess you could argue it probably could be a three out of five. Uh, I guess we'll just kind of say it balances out because evocation could have also been a four out of five instead of a three out of five. So it just kind of all balances out anyways. Let's just say they're both three and a half out of five. Three, three and a half. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think that still brings us to the same final score of four out of five. Just four, four even out of five, out wow. of five. yeah. That's harder on the scale for you than I thought it'd be. Me too. You know, I came into this thinking that I wasn't going to, like that I was just going to bash the song, but then I was like, you know what? After I like, you
1: listened to it and actually listened to it.
0: I like this song a lot more than I did. I
1: yeah. do. Felipe really hated this song. I did.
0: Oh, I
2: know.
1: He'd talk about it, like, all the time, wouldn't he? Like, especially the hallelujah part. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we know. But I, was, I get it.
2: I was a little scared when he asked me to come. Because <laughs> <laughs> you thought Cause it was
1: going to be all bashing the yeah, song. Yeah,
2: I love the song.
1: Oh, yeah, nice. I mean, I like it, too. Well, uh, Le blue
0: 8843 is not going to be happy because <laughs> he blue. wants us to fight. That's what he said in the YouTube comment. He said, I want you guys to fight. Over this song? So I'm sorry, Le blue, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how you uh, called LeBlue out. I have not written like down that. right here, oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Uh, I love the song, but I don't like when it's used as a worship song because it's not a worship song. It's a song of prayer, mostly.
1: Yeah, there's a song that came out a few years ago. Maybe we should review this one. Uh, by King's Kaleidoscope. You know which one I'm about to start talking about? A prayer. You never listened to A Prayer by King's Kaleidoscope? No, I have not. Oh, my word. So that song was controversial. Even what, like, do I want to? The most, <laughs> contra- most controversial Uh. You know, Christian Mm. music song I've ever listened to. Um, Now, in comparison, like this song, in comparison to that, this is like a saint (laughs) compared to that song. Nothing bad with, you know, the King's Kaleidoscope song. Um, They kind of remind me of one another as like a prayer. Mm. Uh, Now, how raw they are, kind of, um, that kind of is similar as well. But I think, you know, his word usage in, Gratitude, Brandon Lakes, Mm -hmm. is a whole lot better and conveys what a prayer should be rather than King's Kaleidoscope's Mm -hmm. A Prayer. Um, Listen to that song on your own time, uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about, and then go and listen to this song. Um, But A Prayer is explicit. It does have parental advisory to it. Oh, Um, interesting. It does. (laughs) It is the only uh, contemporary Christian song that I know of with a parental advisory.
0: That's really interesting.
1: And so... But the raw emotions that um, come out of both of them, I think, are 100% genuine for Mm -hmm. the writers. Uh, Now, for the person singing it or covering it, Mm -hmm. that's up to debate.
0: Uh, I wrote down that this song definitely can belong in a worship set, but I think only if it's used in the right context. And definitely if you don't use it as like, this is going to be our hyper-spiritual, super-spiritual song. We're going to lower the lights. Everyone's going to raise their hands, and it's going to look amazing you know, we're going to get a great video. I don't think the song should ever be used like that, which I definitely think people probably have used that song like that to kind of try to get a response out of the crowd. Should not be used that way.
2: Yeah, back to where uh, the lights band down are off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like you feel less guarded when the lights are off mm-hmm. compared to when they're on, so maybe that's why.
0: It's because men love the darkness rather than the light.
2: I mean, I feel it too. It's It's different. Yeah, di n- different I agree. atmosphere.
1: I agree. Maybe it's got a lot to do with the uh camp aspect of it. Mhm. You know, you go to camp, they try to turn everything into a concert. Yep. And then you come back to church and you try to recreate that. Mhm. So maybe that's what it is. 100%. I don't know. Be something to, worth investigating maybe.
0: All right, so the big question because we're running out of time. We we haven't run that far over, thankfully. <laughs> Should you play this song? On a Sunday morning with a congregation. No.
2: Hymns are for Sunday mornings.
0: (laughs) Only hymns. (laughs) Only hymns?
2: Mostly hymns.
0: Okay. And in Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes that we should be singing psalms to each other, that we should be singing hymns to each other, but also that we should be singing spiritual songs. But no gratitude. We should be doing all three. But no gratitude. Yeah, but no gratitude. I don't think you should play this. I think you could as like a special music or like a reflective song. I don't think you should lead a congregation in worship with this song because it's not a song of worship. It's a prayer.
1: You know, I'd honestly, uh, I'd like to see uh, the praise team play this as like a reflective song
0: (laughs) on Sunday morning. Yeah, like our special music. I would like that. Yeah.
1: This or uh, Heart of Worship? Yeah, Heart of Worship would be nice as well. I think we may have only played that one time in like actual service, but I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: so uh with that, uh I could say I could mention our Patreon, but we don't really have any verses for me to post this week. <laughs> uh maybe Dakota will be posting stuff on there this week. I hope. Hopefully. When I can find some time. Uh but we're gonna take a quick break and uh we'll be right back and we're gonna be looking at our word study. And uh, I'm very excited for our book study. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible.
1: It is my favorite book of the Bible. Oh, there you go. Yes.
0: My my favorite book is a little bit more I guess more depressing. On the other side, as opposed to how depressing this one is, I don't know what it is about depressing books of the Bible
1: Me either. Now look who's going over our time slot.
0: I know I'm rambling, uh, but yeah, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll see you guys in a minute.
1: Oakview Baptist Church is located at 810 Oakview Road on the corner of Johnson Street and Oakview. Join us for Bible fellowship every Sunday morning from 9:30 to 10:30, and for service from 10:45 to noon or on Sunday evenings from 6 to 7 for our evening service. If you are a college age or a young adult, you can join us for The View on Sunday evening at the same time as the main service. On Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8, we have Word of Life for the youth, Awana and Cubbies for the kids, and an adult Bible study led by our pastor. Check out the links in the description of the YouTube video for past services or more info. Back from that little break of talking about the song gratitude, and now we're going to talk about the word gratitude. Mm. Um, so Merriam-Webster. Uh, Webster. Okay, I hope we're familiar with that website.
0: I, I know uh, Mr. Merriam and Mr. Webster. Are they mister's? Okay. I don't know. I think
1: I they don't know. know. <laughs> I would, you know, hate to be that person who just called them Mr. Merriam and Mr. Webster, and they're both women. <laughs> I'd hate to be that person. Anyways, so Merriam-Webster, uh, the definition of gratitude on there is state of being grateful. Um, and some synonyms to go along with it, thankfulness, gratefulness, and thanks. Uh, so we're coming up on the uh, most hype time of the year.
0: Thanksgiving.
1: Thanksgiving. And
0: Christmas. Thanksgiving. And Chris-
1: yes. Uh, Thanksgiving, the second most hype. Thank you, Alyssa. Christmas is the first most hype. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Thanksgiving, get to eat a lot of food. Um, you know, what's something you're thankful for? Leah. Leah. That's one of her friends, her best friend. Felipe. That's,
0: that's very specific. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm thankful that we have this podcasting equipment and that we can do this podcast. I'm very thankful for that.
1: I'm thankful uh, for a brain so that I can be able to look up these words and share with you guys um, words I find in the Bible and go over these books. Hmm. I'm thankful for the ability to do that. So, anyways, thankfulness, right? Uh, Or gratitude. Um, In my study and research, I have found that there is no word for thankfulness specifically or gratitude specifically in Hebrew uh, in the Old Testament. Mm. Um, There are two words that are used um, and we'll get to those in a second. Um, But the word gratitude is technically found in the New Testament. Yes. Um, Technically translated thankfulness and then um, there's another word grace Mm -hmm. technically uh, has to do with gratitude as well. So, the first word, we're going to jump back to the Old Testament here because that's where we're going to be at for the rest of our time. Um, The first word, yada, Just butchered that, but yada. Uh, yada.
0: Mm -hmm. I actually know that Hebrew word. What is it? Uh, That has to do with thankfulness. Uh, It's actually a word for praise, but it's more of praise in a sense of giving thanks.
1: Yeah, to give thanks. Um, And... Specifically, uh what this word is supposed to do is make you think of you know literally throwing something. Mm-hmm. Um so like literally throwing your praise at God. Like an arrow. Yeah, like an arrow. Um so some interesting verses. Um Leviticus 713. Um Nehemiah twelve thirty one. Actually I just said those wrong Leviticus 5 5 uh, Numbers 5 7 uh, Nehemiah 9 2 And then a very specific case uh, Go look at this one um, Zechariah 1 21 mm. uh, That's a very unique case Of the word yada Being used um, So use Step Bible Step Bible is an amazing website that I use And um, To look up all these words And know what they mean So I would suggest doing that to our viewers And then just go study Zechariah 121 Um, The next word So Yadah occurs about 189 times Uh, The next one is Toda, And that's the specific word Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Okay Uh, That's only about 39 times And then that's where the Leviticus Chapter 7 and verse 13 is and then another uh, very unique case of the word Nehemiah twelve thirty one. So go look up those two verses for Toda, and then you know Leviticus five five, Numbers five seven, and then Zechariah one twenty one for Yada. Um, so gratitude, um, it's more of a New Testament idea, mm-hmm. at least that specific word is. Uh, now we do see it in the Old Testament, like I said, with Thanksgiving. Um, with giving thanks uh, Those types of things And toda, uh, Think of a choir mm-hmm. So singing Confession um, More of those ideas And then we get into The New Testament And we have gratitude mm-hmm. um, The specific word uh, That is used Is Eucharistia uh, Meaning thankfulness Found about 18 times uh, you can find it in Philippians four six, Ephesians five four, First Timothy four four, and Revelation seven twelve, I believe. And this is literally like the act of giving thanks, mm-hmm. so it's more in line with uh, Yeda, so the actual act of doing it. Yeah. Um, the other word, um, and we'll come back to Eucharistia in a second because there's something interesting that goes along with that one. But the other word in the Greek New Testament is charis, mm-hmm. meaning grace. So gratitude can also be translated caris, And both of these words are found in Second Corinthians 4 and uh, chapter chapter 4, verse 15. Mm-hmm. And so just to turn there and read this verse right quick. It's actually really good. And it uses both of them. Uh, this is what it says. For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace, which is spreading to more and more people, may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Hmm. So as far as I know, that's the only verse in the New Testament um, where both of these words are used. Mm-hmm. So pretty interesting. Um, and something about Hebrews 12, 28, um, caris is actually, the word gratitude is used there, at least in the New American Standard. That's what I read out of. Yeah, um, It's a more literal translation of The Hebrew and the Greek versions So that's why I like it Um, So When we think about Gratitude, Thanksgiving Thankfulness um, You know we think mostly about Good times Mm -hmm. right Um, But the book We're going to be looking at (laughs) Is a very interesting one Uh, Not really It's not
0: about remembering the good times It's
1: not about remembering the good times It's not about the good times at all
0: more, More the opposite
1: um it's lamentations um, and I actually said we'd go back to Eucharistia for a second, so Eucharist mm-hmm. uh what is the Eucharist? do we know we do it in the Baptist Church as well
2: it's similar to a communion
1: similar it is is very similar to a communion um so it's the Lord's Supper. Um, which is supposed to be done with Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in that same kind of aspect, remembering the Passover, um, you know, for the Hebrew people because the Lord's Supper instituted by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. for the Passover. But we do it in remembrance of Christ. You know, he says, do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we do it, out of thankfulness, out of remembrance, out of gratitude for his blood shed and his body broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, So just remember, you know, as we go through this time of Thanksgiving um, and you're eating all that delicious food out there, sleeping away the The next three days after eating like three pounds of turkey, um, you know, that there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes to allow Mm -hmm. us to be able to do that. Absolutely. Uh, So, like I said, we're going to get into a book that has nothing to do with um, giving thanks at all. (laughs) Uh, But everything to do with grief and lamentation. Hopefully that spoiled the book for you.
0: One of my favorite books of the Bible.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, what do you guys know about the history behind lamentations, if anything? Do you know who wrote it? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Who do you think wrote it, Felipe?
0: If I were to be pushed, I would probably lean towards Jeremiah, uh, but the book has no author. There's no actual listed author, Uh, but Jeremiah makes a lot of sense as the one who authored this book or the scroll. Technically, it's a scroll. It is a scroll. Yeah.
1: I think you're right in saying that there's no listed author. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when you get into reading it, that there's more implications about who the author is than not. Absolutely. Um, So I kind of want to start out with a little story. Um, little background into the time period, and you know who we're talking about. Obviously, we've already discussed Jeremiah. So, just listen for a second. You are standing in the midst of a sixth-century BC city. It has been ransacked and destroyed. The most holy building, the temple, has been burned to the ground. What few people are left are wailing, crying, and lamenting this tragedy. In order to survive some do whatever they can, even if it's cannibalism. Your heart may be broken, but the Lord had already told you of this calamity. Still, you express your feelings through five poems, and you still manage to convey God's promise of salvation through lamentation. Where are you? Jerusalem. Or, what's left of it? Who are you? Probably Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Um, so that's a little history. If you're watching on the YouTube's Um, You can look at our board, Alyssa, if you want to turn around right quick.
0: Very beautiful drawing.
1: So, a bit graphic. Uh, You've got... (laughs) So, what's going on here? A little bit of history about it. At the top there, you've got the temple being burned. Um, All the people, they have X's over their eyes because they're dead. The houses are being burned. And then, down here, okay, uh, this is supposed to be Babylon. Babylon. They're encamping around the city, um, and they're sieging the city. They've already burned it. Uh, they're destroying it. People are crying. They're wailing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lamenting. It is not a good time for anybody. So that's kind of the context of what's going on, and it's really sad, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you get into it. But you know, as I said, uh, as I said before, this is five poems. Okay. Yes. Um, some, now, what themes do you think we see throughout Lamentations?
2: Sorrow, grief.
0: We see God's judgment.
1: Judgment, yep, sorrow, grief. Um, I would also say chaos, mm-hmm. um, suffering, loss, repentance, mm-hmm. um, and even restoration. Yes. Uh, definitely see those a lot, uh, mostly in chapter 3. Uh, we'll get there in a second. Um, Do you know the interesting thing about Lamentations?
0: I I do. I wonder if Alyssa knows.
1: Alyssa, do you know how Lamentations was written? No? Okay. Go Uh, ahead.
0: It's written acrostic, like in an acrostic poem. So each, uh, well, not each verse. uh, There's kind of like a different, they're all done. They're all kind of done in a different kind of acrostic. One, two, and four are very similar. Three is very distinct. Five is very distinct. Uh, But they're all acrostic according to the Hebrew alphabet.
1: Yeah, so in in chapters one, two, and four, uh, each verse starts off with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it just goes straight on through. Um, And then verse three is a bit different because it's every three verses, Um, Mm -hmm. and not like verses as we see in a song, but like literal verses. Like um, you know, three verse one is the first letter of the alphabet. Three verse 2 begins the second letter or uh,
0: well, I said that wrong. you're Didn't almost I there
1: uh, so, yeah. er,
0: chapter 3 verses 1, 2, and 3, one, two, and three all begin with the same letter Yes, and then in verse 4 moves on to the next letter it's like in a super acrostic it's really beautiful yeah. in the Hebrew
1: and uh, I've got an ESV Bible at home so when I was reading this it actually breaks them up into uh, the different sections uh, the NASB doesn't so it kind of throws me off a little bit going from ESV to NAS yeah uh, But anyways, so do you know what the word lamentations means and where it comes from? Anybody?
0: I mean, that's just the name, like the style of the poem. The poem is a lamentation. Uh, it's actually, that's not the actual word in the Hebrew for the book as a different name. But in the English,
1: we give it the word lamentation. Yeah, so uh, lamentations. All right. So it comes from something called the Septuagint, Mm. that is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and the Vulgate, that is the Latin translation of the Old Testament. uh, Translations, so how the Greek and how the Latin translate a specific Hebrew word, Mm -hmm. uh, kinot, is where we get lamentations from. So kinot means cry out loud. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Greek and the Latin Translated it to Their forms to come through As lamentations mm. So that's where we get that from Alright so chapter 1 Alright this is uh, Five chapters so You would think it's a short book no. But <laughs> chapter 3 is like By far the longest one And we'll get there in a second So chapter 1 alright um, When you read it It's really a reflection of God's judgment against Judah and how the city and people have been severely inflicted. Mm -hmm. Uh, So some key verses, verse 1, verse 3, verse 8 and 11, uh, verse 16 specifically, Mm and then verses 20 and 22. Um, The verse 16, and this is what I was talking about earlier um, when we get into specifics of why I think it's Jeremiah. And what other people do, uh, for the things I weep, for these things I weep, mm. my eyes run down with water, because far from me is a comforter. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole rest of the verse, but you kind of get that idea there. Chapter two, God's judgment is fierce and unmatched against sin and man. Okay, so yes. we're dealing with God's anger. Yes. Um, and what do we know about God's anger and judgment?
0: That it is right. It is righteous. Okay.
1: And I guess, you know, my question is, do these people deserve what they're going through?
2: Well, it's God's wrath. You can't fight it.
1: Okay. They definitely deserved it. They broke the covenant. Yeah. So, you know, what you get all throughout uh, the prophets before this event is you have been sinning. So the Mm -hmm. prophets are getting, you know, word from God to tell the people, hey, you've been sinning. A coming disaster You know Be prepared Or just face the consequences Mm -hmm. Well They just keep on Sinning and doing What they want to do Um, And it's kind of Interesting um, You know Because During the whole Justify series You know We looked at The first five books Of the Bible Mm -hmm. And How God was so Gracious to them Kind to them Led them And then They say Okay yeah We'll keep these commandments Mm -hmm. We get to the end Of Deuteronomy All right, Um, and so they say, "Yeah, we'll keep the we'll keep these commandments, and we'll be with you. We'll be your people, and you'll be our God." And then now, look where they end up: Mm -hmm. the city's destroyed, and the temple's burned down to the ground. Um, So we see God's judgment in chapter two. Uh, Some verses to point out: verse one, three, and five; verses six through seven; Uh, verse eleven, specifically. Again. Uh, another verse in reference to the weeping prophet Jeremiah, I would think. And then verses 17 and 20. Um, and then we come to uh, my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, Lamentations 3. And simply put, you know, it's hope in the middle of God's terrible judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that pun is heavily intended because, you know, if you count five, one, <laughs> two, three... Well, I guess either way, it's going to be the middle finger. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, three is in the center. Yeah, it's in the middle. So, you know, hope in the middle of judgment. Um,
0: and uh, probably the most well-known verse out of Lamentations is almost in the middle of this chapter.
1: Oh, well, it really is in the middle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but so, before you get to, you know, verse 32 and 33, uh, you get... Verses 4 through 6. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got verses 13 through 15. Some ones I starred um, 19 through 21, 22 through 24. Really, just the whole section 19 through 27. Mm-hmm. Just read that whole section. Um, pretty important ones. And then you get to the dead smack dab of the sinner in uh, verse 33. And well, it really starts back in verse 31 mm-hmm. For the Lord will not reject forever. For if he causes grief, then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness. For he does not afflict willingly or grieve the sons of men. Uh, Now, that's probably not the verses you were talking about. Um, The verses you were talking about are actually a couple before that. Um, His mercies are new every morning. Mm -hmm. That's verse 22 and verse 23. So those are ones you're probably talking about. That's the most
0: well known verses. uh, But I definitely will agree with you. And at that verse 32, 33 area, I think it's much more powerful
1: in Lamentations. Yeah. And when I say that's the smack dab middle of the book, that is literally the smack dab middle of the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, chapter three and then verses 33. Um, So continuing, you know, 37 through 39, 40 through 42, and then 55 through the end of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, Verse four, chapter four, my bad. Uh, You know, it's just a comment on the people's condition. Mm -hmm. And this is why in that, you know, little story I brought up, uh, the cannibalism. Yep. So, and why I brought up Babylon uh, when pointing at the picture. Sorry, people who are only listening, uh, you can't see the picture, so go on YouTube.
0: You can imagine it in your brain.
1: Yeah. I mean, just imagine that, you know, I live in Winston. Um, well, really, like Kernersville. So imagine like you're in Kernersville and all of it's just being burned to the ground, or even High Point. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like Main Street's just being burned to the ground. It's walled off, mm-hmm. there's a whole army surrounding you. You're not able to get food in and out. You're not able to get supplies in and out. Um, Everything is totally destroyed. That's what's going on here in the city. And so what do people end up doing? Well, they can't get any resources, so they can't eat. They do the only thing they can do. Yeah, well, they have two options, really. Starve to death or eat each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually pretty sad because... Very sad. Chapter 4 talks a lot about this. Um And, you know, I would say the saddest verse um, in this whole book is chapter 4 and verse 10. The hands of compassionate women boiled their own children. They became food for them Mm -hmm. because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. I mean, you know, it's like how do you have any sort of gratitude in the midst of that? Mm -hmm. You can't. Um, You know, it's almost like there is no hope. And without God That's correct There is no hope Um, But Jeremiah saw it And he saw it because Of his faith in Christ Well I say faith in Christ But his faith in God Uh, So he saw it And he prayed for these people Mm
0: -hmm. And I mean When it comes to lamentations You know It goes really deep Because God doesn't just judge Especially when it comes to his children You know He's disciplining them Through this You know who is the God that Israel would often go to other than God? Baal. Baal. What is Baal a God of? Fertility, I think, right? Fertility and agriculture. Well, what was the biggest challenge that Jerusalem went through? They couldn't have children. They had to eat them. They didn't have any agriculture. There were sieges in the city. So I just find that very, a very cool just kind of how it goes together with that. Yeah, I almost feel like God's like, why don't you go ask Baal and see what Baal's going to do for you? And obviously, Baal can't do anything for them. And this is the state where they find themselves in.
1: Yeah. And again, as sad as Lamentations is, um, you know, we have chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you can look at the rest of this book. And this is a calamity of, like, historical proportions. Mm-hmm. Um But like I said, there's hope for the people because, you know, God promises a remnant. Uh, He's not going to destroy Judah Mm -hmm. uh, completely because what what happens if the line of Judah is destroyed? There's no Christ, right? Anyways, looking at uh, some key verses, verse Mm 4, verse 7 and 10, uh, verse 13, and then uh, verses 21 and 22, uh, bring up some pretty important places That you've heard of um, So Edom mm-hmm. uh, Which means red in Hebrew Is a specific reference to Esau mm-hmm. um, And we know about You know God's judgment on Esau And then the land of Uz Or Uz mm-hmm. um, Does that sound familiar To anybody No Okay it should, because it's found in Job 1. Mm-hmm. That's where Job lived, the land of Uz. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just interesting that, um you know, it's brought up. And I think it kind of gives a little more light yeah. when we read Job, because Job would have been seen as, you know, the righteous man in the land. Mm-hmm. And why is he considered that? Well, he's living where, you know, the children of Esau live. Yeah. So... Just something interesting there to, you know, kind of look at. And then we come to the last chapter, chapter 5 um, of Lamentations. And this is really Jeremiah's request to God, mm-hmm. a plea for mercy, um, you know, him crying out for God to remember them. Uh, so just some highlighted verses, verse 1, verse 9, uh, verses 11 through 13, verse 15, and then 9 through 22. Um So, it's a pretty short book. I mean, if you really look at it, it is short. It's Mm -hmm. five chapters. Um, It's a whole poem of five poems. And, but there's a lot here and a lot of history here, Mm -hmm. especially a lot of history that we haven't been over yet. So, and we'll come to that in due time. Yeah, we will. And then we'll get from, you know, because I bet some of y'all are like, how do you go from Deuteronomy <laughs> to lamentations
0: to the, to the siege of Jerusalem?
1: Yeah. There's a lot of history you skip there. And oh, so a
0: couple hundred years, more than a couple hundred years.
1: Yeah. This is that, uh, in media rest moment. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the story, uh, which we'll jump back to how you get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's mostly kind of it overview of lamentations. So written by most likely written by Jeremiah mm-hmm. coming off the destruction of Judah, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. uh, specifically, uh, I believe this will be the first time the temple is destroyed yes um yes. so that causes lots of issues because there's no sacrificing anymore mm-hmm. um yeah so i would say go read it um maybe it'll become your favorite book of the bible too i don't know um i love it i think it's
0: it's it's 100 percent shakespeare like it's just so beautifully written
1: no this is better than shakespeare this is god's word it's true boom mic drop right there cut it off (laughs) no i'm just joking um it's i just love it it.
0: i wish we could like read and understand hebrew because it's so much more prettier and much more beautiful in the hebrew than it is in the english
1: yeah there's a lot more that comes out in the hebrew than in the english because you don't get the acrostic Mm -hmm. when you read in english you just get a whole bunch of english words that don't flow together yeah i mean they do
0: but we should get a worship song in an acrostic I don't think I don't know if they've ever written one before.
1: Well, you go for it and see how it turns out. We'll see.
0: <laughs> uh, any uh final thoughts, Alyssa?
2: Yeah, I'm kinda glad that you brought up Job. Um because they're kind of similar in in a sense that they both picture a man of God and mm-hmm. just different ways that they got through.
1: And do what tragedy? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's interesting that the land of Uz is mentioned. was um, interesting. But when you look at it, like I said, it's the land of the Edomites. Mm-hmm. So the people of Esau, mm-hmm. that's where they live. Um, but it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, they're just thrown all throughout there. God really does hate these people. Uh, and he makes that clear.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's stated, like, if you go all the way back to, you know, Jacob and Esau, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that was the... I don't know if I want to use the word prophecy given. I mean, that's kind of the prophecy that was given of what would become of those people.
1: Yep. Um, man, I was, Oh yeah. So, I mean, that's a good plug for our Sunday night services. You should just watch them. Uh, because we're going through Genesis right now. It's true. Um, and we just ended chapter 28, I think, uh, talking about, uh, what's Esau's brother's name? Jacob Jacob Right (laughs) Uh, Forgot Jacob Jacob uh, went up Finding a wife Okay that's where I didn't
0: know where you guys Were at if you were Because didn't you guys Just do Jacob's letter
1: Yeah that's what We did In service It would be over A week ago By the time You're listening to this Um, But Just go Just go watch The Sunday night services You can find it At Oakview Baptist Church On YouTube They're there Uh, Probably starts like Three months ago But just go back And watch them They're good
0: You say it probably starts three months ago. It's like half a year ago,
1: if not longer. I don't know. Anyways, anything Um, else you got for us before we shut her down?
0: Not so much. I was kind of looking at a couple things. Uh, Obviously, we're going to have another kind of in-between episode next week. We're going to be looking at God's goodness. And we will be looking at this year's Song of the Year, Goodness of God. Uh, But in following that, I'm very excited for our Christmas series. So you guys stay tuned for that. Uh you can oh yeah. No, I was going to say Christmas is. It's going to be good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for our first song. Uh it's by Sidewalk Prophets, which I love the I love that band. So see if anybody can guess what the song might be. Nobody's going to be able to guess. Nobody's going to guess the song. But it's by Sidewalk Prophets and I really love the song. I'm really excited to bring it up. Uh but follow us on YouTube, so subscribe, hit that like button. Uh, hit that notification bell. Uh, But we're on YouTube at the Upper Room Discourse. Uh, Also, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I said it right this time, not Apple Music, but Apple Podcasts. But make sure you hit that bell. Uh, There may or may not be a poll. Sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. Uh, But I think other than that, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? I don't think there's. I think that's
1: about it. No. Um, I mean, if you want a poll, you can put um, what Zechariah is supposed to mean. Yeah. In the use of his word for to give thanks. There we go. I don't know.
2: Or you can put hammered turkey.
1: Hammered turkey? (laughs) What a. Oh, my word. What a poll. Yeah. It's going to be like, (laughs) you know, you like stuffing or cranberries? Why not both?
2: Let's do a Thanksgiving poll.
1: Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving poll. Uh, Alyssa, I'm glad you said that. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? How about that?
2: Squash casserole.
1: Mm. Squash casserole? Mm hmm. What's yours? Uh, turkey, turkey, turkey's so lame, man. My mom makes the bangingest broccoli casserole. Oh mm. yeah, that's that's good too. Mm. Broccoli casserole, man. Uh, I could eat that just straight up with the little crunchies. Yes, the little <laughs> crunchies.
0: Uh, well, we're rambling now, so uh, yeah.
2: I just guess- list
1: your favorite. Uh, list your favorite Thanksgiving food. Yeah, and that'll be our Whatever it is, poll right. for the week.
0: So uh, we'll see you guys next time.
1: You have reached the end of the record. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our YouTube and also find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify.